Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. Now just lift your hands to Him this morning, please. You know, we have not come, come looking for anyone but Him. And I believe we're in a season where God's really working in us because God's got great things for each and every one of us that He wants to do through us. But first He wants to work in us. And I want you to pray it this morning as you lift your hands. Say it again. Heavenly Father, I present myself to You. A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. This is my reasonable service. I was bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, I know I do not belong to myself. And therefore, I give you free access to work in me, my spirit, my soul, and my body for your glory. Set me free. Touch me, Lord Jesus, wherever I need your healing touch. I'm expectant and I am ready for you to be glorified through my life. Come on, if you believe it and you mean it, say amen and give Him a praise all over this place. They're on TBN, TBN Yet To, One Gospel, Praise TV, Facebook Live, YouTube, CRC Online, radio stations, correctional facilities all over Africa. And then of course, those in Russia, Israel, America, Europe, India, Pakistan, China, and Africa. In the name of Jesus, this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. Say Amen. Come on. Oh, just give Him another praise because it feels good in Jesus' Name. And before you take your seat this morning, I want you to uh, give somebody a Bluetooth high five and say freedom. Say freedom. 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 Amen. Amen. The Holy Ghost is going to work this morning. So I'm ready. I hope you are. So uh, take your seats in Bloemfontein, the many thousands in Bloemfontein South, and the many uh, thousand plus in Bloemfontein North, and uh, Paul, Peter Marisburg, Kwakwa, Bethlehem, Velkom, Tabanshi, all the other churches with us this morning. Amen. In Jesus' name. I believe that God is going to do a deep work in many of your lives this morning. So uh, you need to take the mask off, not literally. You have to take the mask off. Because there's places God wants to take you and things God wants to do in your life and He cannot do it without your cooperation. In December, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and He said there are too many people lost in the church. Too many people that are not living in victory. So Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 in the New International Version, the Bible says, It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Now, if you remember the day that you were saved, I want you to shout it out on the count of three. One, two, three, shout it. 
Well, if you don't have a date, you better get a date because you didn't. You can't stand in your class one day and say, uh, people say, what's your birth date? You say, well, I, I, I can't remember. I just showed up in grade two. You need a birth date. You need to be born again. How many of you remember when you received Jesus Christ, how, how good it felt and the weight that was lifted up off of your shoulder and how everything was just different. The colours were brighter. You saw people different. You forgave people easily. You just loved everybody. You were a love bug. You just spoke to everybody about Jesus Christ. How many of you remember that? Come on. And the rest of you, you're going to get saved this morning, okay? I mean, you had no issues. Nobody could offend you. Nobody could make you mad. Somebody sat in your seat, you found another seat. Somebody nasty, you just let it roll off. But sometimes as we do this Christian thing, we get entangled again. We're dealing with certain issues in the evenings when we baptize people. But I want to talk about freedom in your emotions. One of the most difficult areas to talk about. Because sometimes when we are hurt and we are offended, those issues are so deeply buried that it's almost impossible to reach. So we want to uncover a few layers this morning and there are many sitting here today watching television, hundreds of thousands every Sunday and you've had a bad rap. You've gone through a betrayal, you've gone through abuse, misuse, exploitation, and you clap your hands in church on a Sunday and you say hallelujah, but you've lost your joy and you've lost your peace and it's just not the same anymore. You've got a little bit of anger. You talk about that one specific person, it comes out, your tone changes. Whether it's somebody that molested you when you were a seven-year-old girl, I don't know. And let me say in the outset this morning that what happened to you, you never deserved. But it's really not about what happened. It's about how we deal with what happens to us that determines how we live this life. Otherwise, we go into a certain mode when something similar happens and we begin to live behind a fence and we begin to have shutters in our eyes and we begin to live distant with people. So maybe you've gone through a divorce and now you want to get remarried and it's just not going to happen because you've had such a bad experience. You know, it doesn't take two halves to make a hole in marriage. It takes two holes to make a hole. So you better get yourself whole and you better get yourself free and you better get yourself sorted out before you can move on. Come on, say amen. Oh, come on, somebody that's hungry for freedom, jump to your feet and give Jesus a praise. Hallelujah. I mean, I prayed for a man in, in Lady Brand once, my first home cell, and um, I prayed, I always prayed for everybody, and I still do when I can. Whether you're in the gym or whatever, I'm gonna get my hands on you and I'm gonna pray for you, because I believe in the laying on of hands. And this man's name was Arthur. Prayed for many times that God would heal him of his rheumatoid arthritis, never got his healing. One day I prayed and I was listening to the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost said to me, he's got unforgiveness, bitterness. And I just looked at him, said to him in Afrikaans, which I will now translate in English. I said, Um Arthur, there's somebody you have to forgive. And he just broke down and, and wept. He must have been 78, 80 years old, I don't know. 
but he was bent over with rheumatoid arthritis and pain every day of his body. And he said, my wife. I said, but I didn't know you had a wife. He says, she died many years ago, but she did something obviously that caused him tremendous grief and tremendous hurt. And he was still tied and bound to a wife that was dead because of unforgiveness and because of bitterness. And the moment he prayed the prayer of forgiveness, I led him to pray that prayer of forgiveness, which isn't easy, my brother and my sister, especially if somebody hurt you bad. You cut me deep. Spirit of God came upon him and he was healed totally. His fingers straightened out, etc., etc. A lot of diseases caused by emotional issues. A lot of demonic activity caused by emotional issues. So if we are going to want what God has for us, we have to have a desire for freedom and not justify our offense and not partake of the poison of bitterness because bitterness is like drinking poison, waiting for the other person to die. You have to live free. It's about your freedom. The other person will give account to God, but your freedom is what matters to God. In Luke chapter 17, Jesus speaks and He said to His disciples, it is impossible that no offences should come. So if you live long enough, somebody is going to offend you. Has anybody been offended this last week? Oh, don't look so holy today, okay? Anybody been offended, okay? A taxi cut you off, somebody said something, a nasty phone call, a nasty comment on social media, whatever it is, amen? You're gonna pick up the offense or you're gonna let it go, okay? So there's level of offenses that Jesus talks about here, not uh, necessarily when your brother uh, uh, sins against you, but those that are involved in drug dealing, human trafficking, people that commit serious offenses towards His people. It says, but woe to him through whom they come. It would be better if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourself. Otherwise, he says, guard your heart more than anything else. You look after your inner being because out of it flow the issues of life. Bible says a broken spirit dries the bone, bones, but a merry heart Doeth good like a medicine. See, I got saved in the old King James Version, okay? Doeth thou thine sanctifieth. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Put a smile on your face behind that mask. Amen. It says, if your brother sins against you, go talk to your brother about him. Right? Is that what it says? Huh? If your brother sins against you, go on social media. If your brother sins against you, go ask somebody else what you must do. No. He says, if your brother sins against him, rebuking, and if, he for, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times a day, and seven times a day returns to you saying, I'm sorry, you shall forgive him. How many of you know that takes a lot of grace? Because what do we do? We say, I, I, I will forgive you, but I'm not going to forget. And if you do it one more time, that's it. And Jesus says, if he repents. So uh, how many times have you repented to God for the same sin? <laughs> I mean, the gossip that you've been busy with. I mean, the slant. I mean, the, the, the anger. I mean, the, 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 the self-righteousness. I mean, the... Um, 
That's why he said he that is without sin cast the first stone. So, so, so when people sin against you, don't focus on their sin, focus on your freedom. Focus on your liberty. You guard your heart with all diligence because offenses literally mean Satan's entrapment. So what happens to people when they get offended, they get behind a fence. So in a marriage, the wife sleeps on the other side of the bed because the brother better prove his worth. Amen. Am I talking to anybody here this morning? No, not you because you're all sanctified, saved and sitting there with angels' wings. The person sinned against you. So literally you put yourself behind a fence and that means you keep people out. Or there's this fence or this veil that comes between you and that person that hurt you or offended you. So what have you just done? You've put yourself in a prison. While Jesus came to set you free, you because of somebody else's action and because of your refusal to forgive that person, no matter how bad it was. That's why sometimes people offend us so badly that Jesus said, remember, and we'll get there now, when He says, if my brother sins against me, how often shall I forgive him? Seven times, Jesus said 70 times seven. Because sometimes people really hurt you bad, right? And you have to forgive that person again and 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 again 490 times until you're actually free of that offence. Because every time you see that person, you don't want to forgive them. You want to be like James and John. You want God to send fire from heaven and you want God or the earth to swallow them up. Come on, how many I'm talking to this morning? The person that cheated you in business, the person that defrauded you with your finances, the person that stole your money, the person that betrayed you. We often don't want God to forgive them. We want God to destroy them. A little bit like Jonah with Nineveh when God said, go preach righteousness to Nineveh and Jonah didn't want to because he hated the people of Nineveh because they were wicked and evil people. And then eventually we know the story, Jonah goes and he preaches and the city repents and Jonah has a problem and he says, God, and he, and he sat outside the city after his obedience and he's mad with God because God blessed them. God blessed that businessman that cheated you. God blessed that partner that betrayed you. God blessed him because it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. God's not gonna judge your enemies. God's gonna bless your enemies. The Bible says, be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen, are you listening to me this morning? So, you have to let certain things go. Never to talk about it again. I mean, some of you are so issue driven. Every time you open your mouth, you talk about the same person. Because that person hurt you. That person pops up in every conversation. That means you're in unforgiveness. And that means you will lose your peace, your joy and your righteousness. And more than that, it means that you're opening a door for the devil into your life to bind you in a certain area. You see, what people do, they'll give account to God. Our responsibility is to guard our hearts and to live in freedom and to do what God requires us to do. 
which is to forgive. Not when they deserve it or earn it, but to forgive them as Christ has forgiven you. So there's one way out of this prison. One way. It's not a miracle. It's not a sign. It's not a wonder. It's not a new anointing. It's not praying for five hours. Because Jesus Himself said, when you come to the altar and then remember that your brother sinned against you, when you come to a place of worship and remember that you have an issue with a brother, stop your worship. Be reconciled to your brother. Because the cross is horizontal and vertical. You cannot worship God and be mad with your brother. The two are equal. Are you listening? I mean, listen, you live long enough, you get mad with some people. I mean, I've had some people make me so mad that thank God I didn't see them for five years because I would have laid hands on them. I mean, to cast that devil out of them. You understand what I'm saying, Pastor Jerry? I was so mad that God protected me from seeing them. And I had to forgive them again and again and again and again and again. And when their names come up in a conversation three years later, I felt this old emotion come up, wanting to say, Kijk Bel, dankie toch. Ek het jou nie gesien die laaste drie jare nie. That means I still had an issue. So listen to me very carefully. Listen, 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 listen. When you are here, you become numb. When you are here, your emotions are not the same. When you are here, you have no joy. When you are here, you become distant. When you are here, you become desensitized. When you live here, you lose your feeling, your warmth, your love and your caring spirit for other people. You are just surviving because sometimes we bury those things so deep that they begin to control us and we don't understand why we're struggling with depression. We don't understand why, why we have certain ailments in our body and we go from doctor to doctor and the doctors cannot diagnose what you have because they cannot diagnose an emotional issue. They can diagnose if there are depletion of serotonin levels, which causes a level of depression and anxiety. I do understand that totally. And they can replenish that with certain medications. But you cannot medicate a devil. You cannot heal something that is psychosomatic. You need God's touch. You need to go to that hurtful place that you don't want to go to. And maybe not today in the church, but you have to go back to your bedroom and you have to go break before God and you have to say, Father, I forgive. I don't want to forgive, but I know You want me to forgive. So help me to forgive. Give me the grace, give me the mercy because I don't want to live like this. I've lost my personality. I've lost myself. I've lost my joy. I've lost my peace. You better listen to me because for some of you, your pathway to healing lies within freedom from the offence that have held you bound for many, 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 many years. And you talk about that thing to everybody and your offence has turned into unforgiveness, which has turned into bitterness, which has become resentment, which becomes hatred. And the Bible says, no hater will inherit the kingdom of God. That's the same as a murderer 
That is that I'm cutting you off. I'm cutting you off. I'm cutting you off. You know, when people have been offended, they become good at cutting people off. I cut you out. So why do they do that? To protect their emotions and feelings. I've been betrayed. So I'm just gonna cut you off. And, and before you can hurt me, I'm gonna get behind an, a, a, a fence and I'm gonna keep you over on that side. That's not freedom. That's not liberty. Freedom is living free in Christ, in righteousness, in joy and in peace, in being everything God created you to be and more. Being that joyful person, being that spontaneous person, being that loving person. Come on, say amen in Jesus' Name. That means you have to, you have to get yourself back. Because some of you have lost yourself. You've lost yourself because of something that happened to you many years ago and you don't realise it. One of the things can be rejection and that opens you for exploitation. I'll say it again. <laughs> if, that, if, 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 if that person comes up in, in a conversation again and again and again, uh, you know the Bible talks about this and I don't want to preach, I want you to listen, um, that when a root of bitterness springs up in you, it defiles many people. So people go through a divorce, the father gets mad, he defiles the children. The mother gets mad, she defiles the children. We tell couples, when you go through a divorce, do it for the glory of God. Not that, you, that divorce is something that God wants, but if, if, if it happens, then don't let the children be the, the soundboard of your anger, your bitterness and your aggression. You love those children and, and you talk good about your husband, you talk good about your wife. Can I have an amen here this morning in Jesus' Name? You don't allow a root of bitterness. I was a young boy when my parents divorced and I learned then how I wasn't born again. You go visit this family, they have nothing good to say about your mother. You visit that family, they have nothing good to say about your father. And then as a little boy, or not so young, 13 years old, I just said to heck with this. I don't want to hear about my mother. I don't want to hear about my father. So I found myself older friends who never spoke anything else than let's party, let's just go party. And I thought that's a better environment than being polluted by somebody else's bitterness and somebody else's anger all the time. Come on Christians, we cannot go around and spew bitterness and go talk about our offences. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Say Amen and give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. So if we don't deal with offence, it will take a root of bitterness in us. And it's going to cause trouble. Hebrews 12, it's going to cause trouble for you. It's going to cause trouble for your children. And it's going to cause trouble for those who are in your home cell, if you are Sister Bucket Mouth. It says, go to your brother. It doesn't say go talk about your home cell leader. People will give account for defiling others who do not have the information. So many of God's children are saved, but still bound emotionally. Cannot move into what God has for you if you have bitterness and unforgiveness. It's not possible. People live in torment. Many people struggle with certain diseases because of the root of bitterness and unforgiveness. 
bitterness is a poison for your soul and opens a door for demonic activity. And I'll show you from the Bible, the words of Jesus Christ. In Proverbs 17, 22, the Bible says, a happy heart is a good medicine and a joyful mind causes healing, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. Many bone related diseases because of bitterness, a bitter spirit, bitter toward your husband, bitter toward your mother, your father, bitter toward your grandfather. I mean, I saw these things firsthand. Back in the day in Afrikaans families, the firstborn inherited everything. And then those kids have to go sit there and they read the will and then they have to find out that dad never loved us the same way that dad loved Yanni. Happened to my mother. Her father was a very wealthy man. He left the farms and he was a chartered accountant with a huge business. He left the farms to his sons. The girls got nothing. Huh? That child has to live for the rest of her days now, a mature woman. How come dad never loved me the same? If you have three killed children, 33, 33, 33 and a third, amen, they get equal shares. You have four children, they get equal shares. Can I have an amen here today in the name of Jesus Christ? You don't send your children a message from the grave. So these are things people deal with. Dealt with many older people where the, the children got the father off the farm and the children just took the farm. A man sits there waiting to die. Becomes bitter. Proverbs 15, the Bible says, verse 13, a heart full of joy and goodness makes a cheerful face. But when the heart is full of sadness, the spirit is crushed. The mind of the intelligent and discerning seeks knowledge and eagerly inquires after it. But the mouth of the stubborn fool feeds on foolishness. All the days of the afflicted are bad, but a glad heart, a merry heart has a continual feast regardless of circumstances. Hallelujah. Proverbs 18 verse 14, the spirit of man will sustain him in sickness. But who can bear a broken or a wounded spirit. When does a spirit become wounded? When somebody hurts you. And I'll say it again, that little girl, and I've dealt with this a million times. I mean, really God, then God gives me a lot of grace and mercy. But, you know, I had to deal with, with people whether with the father violated every child in the family, every grandchild, every child, every, every one of his brothers, every one of his sisters, and violated every child in the family and was a tongue-talking person and, and then started violating every grandchild, molesting them. I think the worst thing that can happen is a little girl that sleeps in the bed and the father climbs in there and, 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 and over a period of time wears her out and molests her. I think there's no greater pain to carry than that pain. And if you've been through that, I'll tell you, God understands. 
God understands your pain and your hurt and He's here to heal your broken heart. He's not yet to be harsh or judgmental. He understands that. But He says to you, my sister, your way out of that is you have to forgive. You'll never understand it because it doesn't make sense. He had to be your protector. He had to be your caregiver. That grandfather that violated you, that uncle that violated you, that brother that violated you, they will stand and give account before God one day. But you, my sister, you receive your freedom and your healing from Jesus Christ and you get on with your marriage. I um, prayed for a woman one day, pastor. They, were, they had a church here in Pretoria, I won't say who it is. And she was in the ministry for over 40 years and her husband died, was a great man of faith. And she came to me afterwards and broken in tears. And I said to her, I called her Tani. Tani, whatever. I said, what's folk? She said, I never told my husband. I said, what? She says, my father molested me since I was a little girl for something like 10 years. And I never told my husband, but he was the most loving man ever, but I could never give myself to him in marriage for 40 years. I was a closed book. I never gave myself because of what happened. And I thought how different things could have been. If after the honeymoon and everything, she could just have had an honest conversation because it wasn't her shame. It wasn't her pain to bear. It wasn't her bondage to live. It wasn't to be that liberty was taken out of that marriage because of something she went through. But after her husband was dead for the first time, she forgave her father, forgave him. After 40 years of marriage, she forgave him. And she ministered in the anointing. She traveled prophetically, but she harbored this anger, this resentment towards men because of an offense that was so deeply buried that she could never talk about it. You see, when you talk about it, not to people, because you talk to the wrong person, everybody's gonna know about it and they'll send a WhatsApp to their friends and say, did you know sister so-and-so what happened to her when she was small? Don't trust people. You have a high priest. You go talk to God, He's enough. You go tell Him, you go tell Him and you receive your freedom and you receive your liberty from Jesus. Say Amen today. Come on there on TBN as well in Jesus' Name. So Matthew 18, I have to close verse 21. Peter comes to Jesus, he said, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. And most of us will say seven is enough, right? Come on, don't look at me in that tone of voice. I mean, most of us, you, you've done it once. You've done it twice. You've done it thrice. Strike out. You're playing baseball. <laughs> and I'm not saying you allow people to get away with what they're doing. You have to talk. That's what Jesus said. Uh, brother sins against you. Talk to him privately. I say talk to him privately. You go to your brother privately. You go to your sister privately. You don't go to your home cell leader and ask your home cell leader what you should do. You're a grown up girl. You have the Bible. You read the Bible. The Bible says you go to your brother. You go to your sister. You don't ask anybody else. You go to your brother. You go to your sister. Don't be the hypocrite. You go to your brother. You go to your sister and you sort out the mess. 
And if they don't listen to you the first time, you go again. You are the one that should bring reconciliation and not become self-righteous. Amen. And Jesus said to him, I don't say to you up to seven times, but up to 77 times. Another place when Jesus said that, uh, Peter said, Lord, increase our faith because it's like an impossible thing. But I'll tell you what he's saying there. Sometimes it's so deep that people have to do it again and again and again and again and again. And every time you talk about that person, it's like you have a wound, you're scratching it open again. So it cannot get healed. As long as you talk about it, you're scratching it. And then it starts festering. You have to talk to God about it. And you have to forgive that person. Every time you think about that person and those old emotions, you say, Jesus, help me to forgive. Because He teaches us very clearly, forgive us our sins in Matthew 6, as we forgive. In Mark 11, He says in verse 24, what things ever desire when you pray, believe you receive them, you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive that your Father in heaven may also forgive you. Verse 26 says, but if you don't forgive your brother, his trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. That means bondage, sin, open door to the devil. That's the Bible. That's not me. That's the words of Jesus. Read. People lose their freedom when they walk in unforgiveness, in bitterness, in resentment. In Colossians, we are instructed to walk in forgiveness. Ephesians, the Bible commands us to forgive one another as Christ forgave us. So in this parable, it's about two people. The master comes, he comes to settle accounts with the one servant who owes him 10 talent, 10,000 talents, which in today's terms, put it up there, Scripture, Matthew 18, is equal to 3.48 billion. That's our sins. 3.48 3.48 billion. You stand before God once and you say, Lord, forgive me, and He forgives you all your sin. And the blood of Jesus cleanses you every day of all your sin. We know the story. So that He has compassion on Him, He forgives Him, He releases Him the debt. But then this person goes to a fellow servant who owes Him $362. <laughs> he owes $3.48 billion. The person who owes him, owes him $362. It's in today's um, value that Jesus talks about. So the comparison you can see is not even in the same stratosphere, the same world. The one is paybackable. The second one, if there's an English word like that, I make it up as I go along in any case. And the other one is not paybackable. Can't pay it back. You can never pay it back. You can never pay for your sin. You can never earn God's forgiveness. There's nothing you can do that can ever make you good enough and qualify for God's forgiveness. You've sinned too much. You were born in sin. Since the day that you were born, you were a sinner. Every day of your life, you sin. Every time you thought a thought, it was a sinful thought. Even still today, the blood of Jesus sanctifies and cleanses you from sin. So we can never pay the price for our sin. And yet sometimes when people sin against us, we want them to pay the price for sin by not forgiving them. And we try to put them in a prison while in actual fact, we're putting ourselves in a prison. 
The next minute there's a manifestation in your body of pains you never had. Depression. Lack of vision. You're just not in that place where you walk in freedom and an addiction gets a hold of you, etc. A lot of these is because of a root of bitterness. You better listen to me today. May not get you jumping out of your chair, but it's one of the most important things you have to understand as a Christian, and that is to walk in forgiveness. Because the Bible says we walk in love and faith works by love. And without us walking in forgiveness, our prayer life is hindered, 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 hindered. No breakthrough if we walk in unforgiveness. Are you hearing? Hmm. I let this message go into the one ear and out the other ear. It was for freedom that Christ has set you free. And your lies the key to freedom. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. I don't care how long your list is. You talk to some people and they'll give the date. On that day you did that. On that date you did this. On this date you did that. My word, imagine God did that with you. He had a big black book in the, in the heaven and he said on this date you did that, on that date you did this, etc. I don't think the, book, the world is big enough to have the book about what you do. And yet we feel justified to keep a record of people's wrongs and not realizing that in doing that, we're doing opposite to what God calls us to do. Then we look for freedom in places where we will not find freedom because you will not find freedom outside of the redemptive work of Christ, which is the cross, which is relationships this way and relationships that way. You don't leave your brother. You don't cut your brother out. You don't get mad with a homestead leader and you leave the church because you're gonna get mad with something else in that church and then you're gonna leave that church as well. You go to your brother, you talk, you have a conversation because we are ambassadors of reconciliation. Say Amen. So we know what happens, this person doesn't forgive and I have to close and the master of that servant comes back to the one he forgave, the huge debt which was not payable and he calls him and he said, you wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? Neither deserve forgiveness. God's not asking us to forgive people that deserve forgiveness. He's asking us to walk in forgiveness because He forgave us. And His master was angry. Listen now. New Testament and delivered him to the torturers that he should pay all that was due to him. Jesus saying, so my heavenly Father also will do to you if each one of you from his heart does not forgive his brothers his trespasses. Now God doesn't hand you over to the devil, but you move out from God's protection. And I know people say, People teach certain things, but I think we just need to do the Bible because 35 years of ministry and looking at Scripture, the consistency of Scripture in the area of forgiveness have shown me how people live in bondage and how suddenly they get spirits of infirmity. They go for a million operations. There's things that go wrong all the time 
because there's a root of bitterness. And you ask them, are you okay? They say, I'm okay, because that thing is so deeply buried. You have to before God and say, Lord, search me. Search me. Know my heart. Try me. And see if there's any wicked way in me. And, 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 and not justify the anger. Because what happened to some of you can never be justified. Betrayal, abandonment, rejection, things that happened can never be justified. But you can't bury it somewhere and it's there controlling you. You have to bring it to the light, which is Jesus Christ. And you have to allow Jesus to heal you and deliver you. God loves you, TBN, TBN yet to praise. TV God loves you. Bring your issues to Jesus and watch what God is gonna do for you in 2022 in Jesus' Name, Amen. Give the Lord a praise, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm gonna change the, the times in Johannesburg. They don't know it yet, so I can spend more time here because this is now the place that I have to actually start ministering to people. But, um, you know, God can't take us beyond our transparency. Everybody's interested in God doing something out there for them. And the greatest work God can do is in ya. Because if this is right, everything out there will be right. Because out of your heart flow the issues of life. I've taught you on that. Your boundaries, your horizons, the expansion, the plans that God has for you. But if this heart becomes defiled, it pollutes every area of your life. It pollutes every relationship. And for many people, what do they do? They run for cover. They live in isolation. They withdraw to do what? To protect themselves from being hurt again. And what is that? God's plan? No. That's not abundant life. That's not fulfilling the call of God in your life. That's living like a prisoner. I'll say it again. We don't forgive people because they deserve it. Because none of us deserve to be forgiven. We forgive people because we have been forgiven freely in Jesus' Name. Say Amen and give Him a praise. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, give Him a praise better than that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians 11, we can have communion this morning as well and baby dedication, being a million things here today. In an hour, my word. It's like we haven't even started to uncover layers so God can work in you. And I have to say, Amen. But 1 Corinthians 11, when it talks about the table of the Lord in communion, and I've said, I've told people to do this, whether you do it or not, I don't know. Because if you hear the word and you don't do it, you're deceived. I can't help you beyond your obedience and response to God's word. Never can. God cannot, I cannot. You have to. So when he talks about communion and he, and he, and he says, when we come to the table of the Lord, he says, we have to discern the body of Christ, which is twofold. We have to discern what Jesus did on the cross. And then we have to discern the family. You can't be mean to other Christians. Cannot. That's where your journey with God stops. You cannot be critical. You can't go and accuse. 
You can't go and attack. You can't go badmouth. There's no scripture for that. As a matter of fact, I'll give you scriptures to the opposite of that. The only scripture that you have is if your brother sins against you, you go to him privately. That's it. You don't go on social media and badmouth your boyfriend who dropped you like a hot potato. <laughs> hot potato, hot potato, or cold potato. So it says, let, when you come to the table of the Lord, he says, let a man examine himself. Listen, you better listen. I say better because you have to pay attention. That's why Jesus said, He that hath ears to you, let him hear. Leister. When you were knee, of Leister, he were. Mark your word of Leister. See, when you come to the table, examine yourself, not your wife, not your husband, not your dog. Examine yourself. In the context of the love of Jesus, and what Jesus did for you and examine your heart towards your brother. Not examine your brother's heart towards you. You examine your heart. Your love walk. Your level of forgiveness. Amen. There's people who don't talk to their parents because they're mad with their parents. There are parents who don't talk to their children because they're mad with them. Today you're gonna pick up the telephone you're gonna make right. Can I have an amen? It says, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body, which is twofold. Jesus on the cross and the body of Christ. It says, for this reason, listen, many are weak, emotionally, spiritually, mentally weak. Many are sick and many sleep. That word sleep, many die young. That's what it means. People die young because of emotional issues. Because they allow it to pile up and pile up and pile up. And a spirit of infirmity gets a hold of them. And then you see that sickness jump from place to place to place to place. And no doctor can cut that sickness out of you. It's not possible because it's a sickness that is rooted in your spirit. And the only remedy for that sickness is forgiveness. You have to forgive. You have to go before the Lord and forgive that person and receive your forgiveness. And if it means for the rest of the year, every day when you come before the Lord, you have to forgive that person then that's what you are going to do. You are no longer going to go talk to your family and get your family on your side. You're not gonna to talk to your sisters and get your sisters on your side. You're not gonna go talk to your children and defile your children any longer. You're not gonna go talk to your best friends and keep yourself in bondage. You are gonna make it out for yourself. You are a Christian and you will walk like Christ and you will walk in liberty and you will walk in freedom and you will walk in forgiveness and you will bless those who curse you and you will not be overcome with evil, but you will overcome evil with good. You will represent the love of Christ and you will see a wave of glory hit your family and hit your business and hit your life as you walk in the freedom that Jesus provided for you 2,000 years ago 
This morning you know that you know that if you would die today, you're not right with Jesus Christ. You're not sure if heaven is your home. This morning, we want to give you that opportunity. Like Pastor Ad spoke this morning, maybe there's some stuff that creep into your life. Offenses that you have to deal with. The Bible says, cast your cares on Jesus for He cares for you. This morning, let's lay it down at the altar. Let's come back to Jesus. He's calling us to go deeper. Deep calling unto deep. So this morning, if you know you want to make right with Jesus, we want to give you that opportunity. This is the most important part of the service is for you to make right, reconcile with your maker. If that is you this morning, every head closed, Every, uh, every head bowed, every eye closed, no one moving in this place, believers praying. If that is you this morning, boldly, just put up your hand, say, pray for me. I wanna make right with Jesus. If that is you, hands up everywhere. I thank you. If you put your hand up, you can put it down. Thank you, thank you. I see on the balcony. Come on, let's make right with our Saviour in Jesus' mighty name. Today is a day of salvation, the Bible says. Right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Last time before we pray, if that is you, put up your hand. Jesus died for you publicly. The Bible says, if I confess the name of Jesus, then He will confess me before the Father. Last time before we pray. If that is you, put up your hand. We wanna pray with you. We wanna stand in the gap with you. God wants to meet you at your point of need. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you. I see those hands. Amen. What a privilege to pray with you. What an honor to pray with you. We, today, we're becoming your spiritual family. We're gonna walk this road with you. But before we do that, we just wanna pray a simple prayer with you. And that simple prayer is to give your life to Jesus, to connect back to God again. So this morning, just put your hand on your heart and we're gonna stretch out our hands and pray with you. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died and you rose again for my sin. Thank you for your sacrifice. This morning, I ask you, forgive me of my sin. Make me a new person in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you that today is a new beginning. And I ask you, Help me to be a true child of God in Jesus' mighty name. Now with that prayer, the Bible says you are a new creation. The oldest passed away, the newest come. And we are so glad and we are excited to walk this journey with you. Amen. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.